Welcome to the King's Cast, dynamic teaching recorded live at King's Church in Cambridge, England. We hope you are blessed and challenged by listening to the ministry today. And now, here's the broadcast. We welcome those who are listening on the internet and who downloaded the podcast. We welcome you in your living rooms. It's Deuteronomy 8, verse 10. We're just picking up after Moses has just declared God's destination to the people, the children of Israel. And he's just declared to them about the promised land and all the things that are about to come in the next season as they've traveled with Moses. Verse 10 says this, When you have eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. Verse 11, be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God, failing to observe his commands, his laws and his decrees that I'm giving you this day. Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, when you build fine houses and settle down, and when your herds and flocks grow large and your silver and gold increase, and all you have is multiplied, then your heart will become proud and you will forget the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of a land of slavery. He led you through the vast and dreadful wilderness, that thirsty and waterless land with its venomous snakes and scorpions. He brought you water out of hard rock. He gave you manna to eat in the wilderness, something your ancestors had never known, to humble and to test you so that in the end it might go well with you. Verse 17, you may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. And so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your ancestors as it is to today. Verse 19, if you ever forget the Lord your God and follow other gods and worship and bow down to them, I testify against you today that you will surely be destroyed. Like the nations the Lord destroyed before you, so you will be destroyed for not obeying the Lord your God. This is powerful stuff. He tells them that they will be destroyed if they don't obey him. But the key thing I want to bring this morning is this. The title of this message is Senior Moments. Has anyone had any of them before? There's quite a few hands going up. Senior Moments. I have quite a lot of them. And I'm not that old yet. Thank you, Steve. He says, yes, you are. I I actually did pull out a grey hair yesterday. It was just here. (laughs) It had to go. It had to go. But many of us have these senior moments when we forget. We forget the things. Even when we're older, when we're mature and wiser, we forget things. Moses gave them here a clear warning. He says, you're about to go into the promised land. You're about to see some great things. In fact, you've been wandering around through the desert, the wilderness as it were, for a long time following me. 
And now you're about to receive all the blessing. Now you're about to see and have great houses, fine things, a land flowing with milk and honey as it were. You're about to walk into this. And you'd think after all these years that they've been wandering through the desert, that they would be so excited that he wouldn't have to warn them about the trouble or the difficulty that might come, that they might forget God. But he brings this clear message. Verse 11, be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God. I think it's important we look at this today because I believe that for us in many ways, as a church, we're moving into a promised land. We're moving into a time of blessing, of what God's can do, God can do in our lives. For some of us today, we're seeing blessing already in our lives. We've seen great blessing of where God has provided, has given us some great things. But there's a key thing here that Moses says in all of this. Don't forget the Lord your God. Don't have a senior moment and forget Him. A blessing, as in this way, when they went into the promised land, seems like the perfect destination for a Christian, doesn't it? A follower of God. There's many people... You can turn on the TV today on God TV and many programs and all this stuff is good in some way. But sometimes we hear people preaching the message that we should be blessed all the time as Christians. We should be blessed all the time receiving blessing and living a life of blessing and abundance. I don't always see that when Paul followed Jesus and he was shipwrecked hanging on to a piece of wood in the sea. He wasn't necessarily blessed. So sometimes we have to remember that the life of a Christian is not about just blessing. And Moses here is actually warning them about blessing. He's warning them about, actually, if you receive good things, it actually could be detrimental to your faith or your walk with God. Moses knew that abundant blessings could have an adverse effect. It could have more of an effect on their walk than they thought. And for some of us today, we're thinking, we want everything God wants for us. We want the blessing. We want protection and all these great things that God has in his storehouses. But there's a clear warning, as Moses said, and it's the same today, that we should remember God in all this. Blessing has the danger to take us further away from him sometimes than closer to him. His biggest emphasis was not to forget God in this message and to remember Him, to remember God. And what I want to focus on as well is that these people who followed Moses, they were following for years, 40 years of going through the desert. These were mature Christians, as it were. They were mature followers of God. You would think that if you were a mature person in God, If you've been to church all of these years, you should know and have the great wisdom to know that if you receive blessing, that you know how to handle it. But it seems like here that Moses says, after all these years, you may not have learnt that actually receiving great things could have an adverse effect. Moses knew that senior followers of God are quite susceptible to forgetting. 
just as we can have a senior moment, the older we get, we can forget sometimes and have a lapse of our memory and forget sometimes the reason why we're doing something, the reason what, we're, what we have, everything. We can forget these things. The other week, Emma sent me round to the shop, to the co-op. How many of you, I don't know what it is at Christmas time, as much as we go to Tesco's and get things, we always seem to forget there's the last minute things. And I was in the house and she said she had a, a sister up. And she said to me, will you go down to the co-op and will you get one, two, three? She gave me three things to go and get. I don't know what it is. Every time I ever go to the co-op, I always take longer than I should because I end up looking at different things. And I always come back with extra stuff. And Emma says, what? I only asked you to get three things. If I see the different things I like and the chocolate biscuits and all these different things. And I went around to co-op and I, I was tired at this time. I was quite tired and we'd been busy. And I went into co-op and I was looking around. And I'm going to be honest with you and tell you that I'm stood in co-op. And I'd only left Emma about two minutes ago. I literally drove around in the car. And I stood in co-op and all the three items that she'd asked me to get, I couldn't remember one of them. <laughs> Not one. And actually, I stood there in the shop and I started to panic, thinking, I cannot believe that I have forgot already what she's asked me. This is so embarrassing. What am I going to do? The problem is, normally I take my phone, so I ring up and say, I'm in the shop. What did you say? But I didn't even have my phone this time. So I was just stranded. I realized how much I needed a mobile phone. And I'm stood in the shop, and I'm forgetting what she's asked me to get. And I thought, what on earth am I going to do? And I stood there for five minutes trying to rack my brain over what she'd asked for. The thing is, I could have picked up a hundred things for me. But I just couldn't remember the toilet roll, sorry now. I couldn't remember these things. Do you know what I did? I went out of the shop with nothing. This is no joke. And I stepped into the car and I drove. I thought I need petrol as well. So I'm going to drive to the petrol station now and get petrol. And hopefully by the time I've done that, she'll never know. By the time I get to the station, I'll remember and I'll go back to Corp and get the things. So I went to the petrol station. I still couldn't remember. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't remember what she'd asked me to get. So I thought, I'm going to have to go home. I'm going to have to go home. The worst thing was, was her sister was there and she was chatting away with her sister. And I knocked on the door and shouted in and I said, Em. She said, what are you doing? I said, can you come here? I didn't want to embarrass myself. So she comes, she goes, what are you doing? You've been ages. I said, I know it sounds stupid. I've just been to put some petrol in. She said, all right, okay. I said, I didn't tell her I'd been to Corp already. She said, I've been to put some petrol in. Then uh, what was it you asked for? <laughs> and I asked her again and she, uh, she never knew until after that. I'd actually been already. And I went and she told me these three things. And I went back to Corp and got them. But it's just so easy when we're tired and stressed. Sometimes we can forget. Just a short span of memory. We're asked to do something. Oh, we're asked a list of things and not to forget these key things because they're important to Emma but not necessarily important to me. And God, sometimes, sorry Em, it's just that toilet rolls, chocolate digestives or toilet rolls, which one? Chocolate digestives any day, any day. But we can forget, we can forget these things that God is asking us or he's telling us about our faith. We can have a senior moment on our own faith. There's some of us here today 
have been Christians for years and you're forgetting, you actually don't even know the reason why you're a Christian anymore. You just do everything as you're supposed to do. Boy, oh boy, can you do church. You can do it very well. And you forget the reason even for your own faith. You forget what God's done for you, what he's going to do for you, but you can do church. The message from Moses was don't forget God in all of these great things in your life that you're going to get. Number one, remember where you left. Remember where you left. When God found us, we were sinners. If you were born again today, when you, once you were in a place far away from God, the people in this story had come from Egypt. You've seen the film Moses, they'd come from Egypt to land of slavery. They were slaves in that land. And today, you might say that's a, a nice story for the past, but today we too can be slaves to sin and the enemy, Satan. And Jesus has took you from slavery. He's took you out of that land and you've been on a journey, some of you. Some of you are already receiving the blessings and in the promised land and you're enjoying the new job you've got, all the, the great things you have around you. Some of us need to remember, don't forget, remember where you have come from. Where you have been rescued from. Verse 14 said, God brought you out of Egypt, out of a land of slavery. He led you through the vast and dreadful wilderness. That thirsty and waterless land with its venomous snakes and scorpions. He brought you water out of hard rock and he gave you manna to eat in the wilderness. He was reminding them, look, you forget what he's done for you. We can sometimes forget that God has rescued us from the place he has and we think we've done it ourselves. You know, the enemy, what he wants to do is, is try to tell you that you've achieved where you are yourself. It's never changed since the Garden of Eden. When they were in the garden that the enemy always wants to focus on that you can do it yourself. You don't need God. You don't need his advice. You can do it yourself. And I want if there's any warning ever that could be ever preached off a pulpit, it's that the enemy just wants you to make you think you can do it all on your own. It's the biggest lie. We've never achieved it ourselves. God has rescued us from the pit. He's rescued you from the lowest of the lows. Some of us say, I want a testimony like I, want, I, I, I used to be on drugs and I used to do all these things. I was in prison and some of us thinking, I ain't got them kind of testimonies. I don't care what testimony you have. Whether it sounds bad or whatever, wherever you've ever been, you have been rescued from the pit. You don't need to have this big glamour story of how God rescued you from here. There's some amazing testimonies out there. But let me tell you, every one of us in here has a great testimony. When you have been brought from darkness to light, it's the same. Everyone's testimony is equal. No one's got a stronger testimony than anyone else. 
Because the difference between darkness and light is, the, is just a 50-50 thing. Whether you've been rescued in which way or not, you have been rescued from darkness into his wonderful light. Ephesians 2, turn to that if you have your Bibles. Ephesians 2 verse 11 to 13. Therefore remember, remember again, that formerly you who are Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision, remember that at any time, that at the time you were separate from Christ. This is before they had come to Christ. You were excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenants of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. Verse 13, but now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. The very beginning of that verse, he says, therefore remember, remember. What did Peter say the other week? If we ever see therefore at the beginning, what's it therefore? And right before this very verse, Paul was talking about the grace We've been saved by grace. You've done, it's, it's nothing to do with you. You've been saved by grace. Therefore, remember, you were once away from Christ, but by his blood you have been brought back. Some of us today have forgotten the work of the cross, what he did in our lives. We sung it earlier. I'll never know how much it cost. To see my sin upon his cross. You'll never know. Moses says to them, God brought you out of Egypt to land of slavery. Today we've been brought out. We have been rescued from that slavery. We need to remind ourselves. Remember the depths of where God rescued us from. David wrote this in Psalm 103. Praise the Lord, my soul. All my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord my soul and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. Who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like an eagle. He says, forget not all his benefits. What benefits was David talking about? He wasn't talking about the new house in the promised land. The benefits of God not to forget. He wasn't talking about all the blessings of abundant financial blessing that you can have. I'll tell you what he was saying. Number one, forgiveness of sin. Number two, healing. Number three, rescuing your life from the pit. The lowest place. Number four, love and compassion. Number five, the fact that we are satisfied with goodness, with good things. All of those things, none of them are about materials. Forget not these things. If this is all we ever receive, it's enough. If that is all we could ever receive from God, it's enough. 
We love materials. We love all the things. We think when we've made it and we've got the job, the car and everything, we think, wow, God's blessing us. We must be doing well. But God says, my benefits today for you, that I rescued your life from the pit, I satisfied your desires with good things. Amen? And he satisfies our hearts with good things. Some of us have faced many trials. We've come from the slavery, we've come from the land of slavery, but through the journey, and even now, I spoke on this a few weeks ago about the snakes. He says that they went through the wilderness and they were among snakes and scorpions. And God protected them through this time. He was with them. We shouldn't forget that God is our protector if we put him at the center. He's the one who takes us through the journey that's difficult. And not forget, he's the one who protects. You see, that if you remember in the story about the snakes, there were some people who didn't want to look to the cross. They were dying. But the ones who put Jesus at the center and said, yes, they received the healing. They were the ones who had that protection over their lives. He's our rescuer. Remember where you come from. Remember, remember these things. Don't forget them. Number two, remember when you arrive. Verse 12 said this. When you eat and are satisfied, he was talking about what was going to come. When you eat and are satisfied, when you build fine houses and settle down, and when your herds and flocks grow large and your silver and gold increase, and all you have is multiplied, then your heart will become proud and you will forget the Lord your God. I just, every, when I read the scripture, I think, wow, these guys were following Moses and all he ever kept telling them is, we're going to get to the promised land. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. It's going to be great. But they're just about to walk into it and now he's telling them the things that you're going to get when you get to the promised land, the things that we've been traveling for 40 years to get back to our land. Be careful. Because you might become proud. Do you know what? The best part of their walk, if they had anything to say on their funeral day, if anyone could say anything, the best part was the journey in the desert. Not the end. The best part was the journey in the desert. Some of us think, wow, I I just want to get past a few of these problems when I get there, when everything's perfect, when I've got everything sorted out in my life. I've got news for you, it will never happen. Because as soon as you get one thing right, something else goes wrong. It's like juggling. It's always like that. But there's nothing better than when we're in the test, when we're in the wilderness. That's the best part. He said in this that he did these things when he let things happen to them. He did it to humble them and to test them. If you're under the test, it's the best place you could ever be. Don't think that the result of blessing is your, is that's it, you've reached it. That's it, he's given me my blessing now. That's it, I don't have anything more to worry about. He says that they would become proud. And when they get pride, they think it's about them again. The enemy comes in, just like I said earlier, and tries to show them it's them who's achieved it. They're proud. 
And when pride comes in, he says what? They'll forget God. Remember when you arrive at this place of blessing, watch out for pride. Remember who give these things to you. Many of us have got, some of us have got great things, beautiful houses, cars, all these lovely things we could wish for. Remember who gave them to you. We read earlier in verse 17, it says this, You may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. He might not have gone into the new into the garage and bought you a new car or bought you your new clothes or whatever, literally. But he has given you the ability, the gifts and abilities to produce wealth. You know, when I, I'm just coming to finishing my job, I think, what, why is it that I kind of studied in a in a job in the job I do to to get expertise and gifts in in doing the design and creative things I do. Why is it I've done all that and I'm, now it feels like I'm just throwing it away, putting it aside? But I felt God say to me that I give you all these abilities to produce wealth for you to get to what you where you are. But sometimes you just have to disregard them because it's not about your gifts or anything you can do. It's about his will and his purpose always. He gives us the ability. He can snatch it away from you in seconds. If pride comes in, he can take it away from you in seconds. Remember who gave it to you. Remember. Someone once quoted this. That we're all, all of us who work We're all one paycheck away from homelessness. One paycheck. Some of us put so much trust in what we have. And we can see the guys on the streets and think, wow, I'm so glad I'm not in your position in this cold weather outside and struggling. I've made it. But do you know what? You're one piece of paper away from losing everything. One piece of paper. Don't put your trust in these things. It's God who gives you the ability. When we recognize him, and he's the one who gives these things, we acknowledge that if we just focus on him, he will look after us and protect us. Amen? That's why tithing, when we give to God, when we give back to him, we're acknowledging the one who gave to us. Tithing is about saying, do you know what? My paycheck comes in and none of us like it, do we? When we see, I don't like it anyway. When I see the items on the paycheck, when we read the, what is it? The gross pay, there's the net pay. The gross pay has got an amount and then we see all these deductions. I try to blank out the deduction column. I just so program my mind to say, no, just look at the net. Just look at the net. Don't look at the gross. But do you know what? I'll tell you what should be on that same deduction column is God. 
Many of you, some people, you can choose what you like to believe. My views and thoughts have always been on, and this may help you, is that if there's someone, if the state needs to take first before you receive, then so should God. He should receive the first fruits. In fact, he should receive on the deduction before the net. That's my view. It could be different for you. But when I see the deductions, I think if, if, the, if the government made it onto the deduction column, then so should God. Because he should receive our first fruits. Amen. Amen. When we recognize who gives to us, when we recognize the one who gives things to us, we want to give back. Some of us need to remember today that when we get to that place, he is our provider, Jehovah Jireh. He's the one who gives. You might say, oh, you're preaching and asking for money and and, and about tithing. Do you know what? The best principle I've ever learned is give to God. It's the best insurance policy that I've ever heard about. It's the best retirement plan I've ever heard about. I'm not, sh- I'm not saying that you shouldn't have any pension plans. All these things are good. But the best thing you could ever do is invest to him first. Always comes through. Always. After Jesus spoke in Matthew 6 about building up treasure on earth, he said this, verse 24, No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, Or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. It's very clear. It's very clear that we can't have both of these things. If we put God at the center, the money becomes less of an object to us. And we focus on the giver. Jesus said you can't serve God. Two masters. I don't know about you, but I'd much rather serve the one today who can make water come out of a rock. Who can make water come out of a rock. Who can make bread fall from heaven. I'd much rather serve the one who can miraculously multiply food. Make coins appear in a fish's mouth. I much rather serve this one and give to him because he has an abundance that's far bigger than any bank in this country. He has an abundance that can flow on us if we put our trust in him. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. All these things will be added to you. Amen? Don't forget these things. Don't forget he's the provider. It's not wrong to have the wealth. But remember who gives you the ability to produce it. Looking at Job, in the book of Job, his first test, there's two tests. First test that comes to Job. The enemy, Satan, read this book if you've never read it before, but in Job, the devil comes in this story and asks Jesus, can I test Job? I've seen, I've looked at him, he's a righteous man. I've watched him. I've watched that he trusts you. He loves you, God. Therefore, can I test him? He demands that he has a test. And do you know what? You think, well, why does God allow it? God allows it because he knows that Job will come through. 
He allows the test. And the first test on Job, the first test that came was that he would take his belongings. He would take the things he has. It's not his flesh. First of all, he goes for the, his, his things that he has, his herds and all the things he owns. But when Job's test came and his family were threatened and these things were taken away from him, the first thing he says is this, I came naked from my mother's womb and I will be naked when I leave. Meaning I didn't come with anything to this earth. I had nothing. The Lord gave me what I had and the Lord has taken it away. Then he says this, praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. He realized without God, he had nothing. He came to this earth with nothing. He leaves with nothing. Everything you have while you're here on this earth is just an additional thing added to you. One day you can't take it. It won't go with you. You'll leave the same way you came. Remember. That he's the one who's provided for you. When you get to that place, when he's, when you're in blessing, remember, he's the one who gave it all to you. And number three, remember who took you. Remember who took you. Jesus asked us to do the very same. Earlier on today, when Jaron led the communion and we came around the table, to remember what Jesus did for us. What did he read in Luke 22? He took the bread, gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Many times we come and we come around the table and we say, remember me. And Do you know what? That last meal he had with them, He said, I won't be able to do this for much longer until I return. In the marriage supper of the Lamb, when he returns, we're going to have a great party. Amen? When we get, one day we're going to have a big meal. A big meal to celebrate his return. But he said, this is the last time I'm going to have this meal. It's the last supper. And I'm glad I'm having this last supper with you guys. I'm glad I'm having this time with you. Do you know why? Because I want you to use this as a symbolic thing to remember what I've done for you. To remember through the years what I've done for you. Use this as a symbolic thing every time you eat. Sometimes it's a great thing having the little uh, cups that we have and the, the bread. But every time we just eat a meal sometimes you should say, Lord, you know, I remember that last supper. You reminded us that you reminded us in this symbolic way of what you did. Some of us can treat this quite ritualistic. Let's take the the wine or the drink, the bread. We remember you, thank you, Lord. I thank you what you did. But sometimes we don't understand the depths of what God is saying in this, this table, this remembrance. He says, remember me, just, it was the same message from Jesus as what it was it from Moses. Don't forget. You quite easily can have the senior moment. You might be mature and wise in your faith, but you can forget the reason what God has done and who is taking you 
It's Jesus. The reason why Jesus suggested it is so we never forget. It goes through the centuries. Every year when we see a Remembrance Day, the poppies come out and people wear the poppies. You know what? As years go on and the new generations come through and they've got no idea unless they're taught about history, about what happened in the past of people laying down their lives so that we can have the freedom we have today. Those poppies are going to make kids question, why dad are you, mum, why are you wearing that? It's a symbolic thing so that we don't forget. We don't forget that we remember. That's why it's remembrance there. And it's the same Jesus is he's pushing this message. I'm giving you this thing, this symbolic thing to remember me. Remember what I've done. To remember the sacrifice that I paid for you. Therefore, it's important that we remember who took us through the journey. The, the God who took us and passed this on to our children and our children's children. That we tell them who it is. We tell them about God in the stories that we tell them on an evening. There's some great books out there but telling them who it is. Who it is who took us through. We should pass this on. The danger is that we forget God. We've got so many pressures, so many things coming on us, financial needs, waiting for the blessing. We're in the waiting time that, God, I don't see you coming through here. So I don't trust, I don't trust, Lord. I can't do it. I just, I need to do it in my own strength again. I've got to do, Lord, if you only understood, you don't realize, Lord, look, look at these things. Look at the scenario I'm in. I need to do it myself. The Lord says trust in Him. Trust in Him. Don't forget Him. When all these pressures are hitting you, His timing is always perfect. He's never late. He's never early. He's always on time. Always on time. Ecclesiastes says there's a time for everything. He's got the whole world in his hands. He knows every detail of our lives. This is the very thing that happened with the children of Israel that we've been talking about. In Psalm 106, Psalm 106, the writer refers back to Sinai at Horeb, at the mountain. Where Moses went up to receive the commandments. And the people, the same people that's in this story were at the bottom of Mount Sinai. While Moses goes up to receive the Ten Commandments. And while they're waiting. The psalm, psalmist writes this. Psalm 106 verse 19. At Horeb or Sinai they made a calf and worshipped an idol cast from metal. They exchanged their glorious God for an image of a bull which eats grass. They forgot. Did you hear that? They forgot the God who saved them. 
who had done great things in Egypt. They had another senior moment. They were wise. They were good. They've been with God a long time, seen some great things through the Red Sea. But they forgot. They forgot. He says they built this golden calf. They used people's jewelry to build this thing because their eyes wanted to look at something that would fulfill them while they're waiting for Moses to go and get the Ten Commandments or to meet with God. What did it say at the very end of the scripture we read today? He said, if you don't follow and obey God and follow other gods, disaster will come on you. And here, different time in the desert, but they were looking to another God. They forgot, it said. They were waiting. This very story in Exodus 32 says this. When the people saw that Moses was so long in coming down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron and said, Come, make us gods who will go before us. Key thing there is, when he took so long in coming down the mountain, some of us have been waiting for God to come back down. Just like Moses, they were waiting for Moses, we've been waiting for Moses to come to our aid. To give us the things that we've asked for. And they gave up because he took too long for them. They wanted something for their eyes to look at in the meantime. Something that would please them. And some of us today have got things, our own gods. You don't have to be sat in your living room with a golden calf. There's many things that you can make your own gods today. TV, hobbies, things that you just think, do you know what, God, you're taking so long in this to get the things I want. I'm going to put my energies and and focus on some of these things because, boy, they look good. They please the eye. And when you come around and you give me what I want, then I'll be there again, worshipping But we should take, we should take this message that Moses says, that they took, they waited and they waited too long. Moses says, don't forget God. Don't worship other gods. Don't look at other things because that's where the enemy comes in again. It's the same for us today and we should expect it. It's the same for us today. Right now, There's many times where your preachers say, Jesus is coming soon. The promise really is coming. He's coming back with the reward. He's coming back soon. And some of us are saying, do you know what? It seems a long time. That was thousands of years ago that he said it to the people. We see the signs of the times, and I'll speak on this more in the future, the signs of the times where we see that God is really coming soon. We have clear indications, signs that are in Scripture that show us we are living in the last days. We are close, growing ever closer to His return. But here in Second Peter 3, speaking of the day of the Lord, that's His return, when Jesus comes back, Second Peter 3 verse 3 says, Above all, 
you must understand that in the last days, scoffers will come. Scoffing and following their own evil desires. They will say, where is this coming he promised? You might say, well, that's the people who don't believe. That's the people who are not Christians. But I believe it's also people who have given up. They've been waiting far too long at the bottom of the mountain. And now they're saying, where is this coming? Is it really going to happen? They forgot. They forgot. What does it say next? Ever since our ancestors died, everything goes on as as it is since the beginning of creation, they said. They looked around them and thought, well, it's the same. Nothing's changed. But verse 5, but they deliberately forgot, forget, sorry, that long ago, by God's word, the heavens came into being and the earth was formed out of water and by water. They deliberately forget. They look at the things around them. They say, he's not coming back soon. And they give up. And he says they deliberately forget that long ago God created everything. Everything is in his hands and he will return one day. Don't let the waiting time break your trust with him. Know that God is with you and he works for you. The enemy is always trying to get you focused on what you don't see. What you don't see in front of your eyes. A quote someone once said is this. The trick to forgetting the big picture is to look at everything close up. The trick to forgetting the big picture is to look at everything close up. Stand back again. Look at everything that God has done for you. Remember, he is the one who created you. He is the Alpha and the Omega. The beginning and the end. Don't look close. Don't look in detail and say, where's God? Where's God? Stand back. Look at the big picture. I don't know about you, but what I loved is the the series that was on recently on Channel 5, the Bible series, was an amazing thing because it showed us that there was a big picture running all the way through. We know it in the Bible, but it cinematically brought it to life to show us that God, right from the very beginning until now, has had a plan, and his plan has rippled through the centuries. Stand back and look. Just as we looked and watched this Bible program, we stood and looked at centuries compiled into just a small series to show us that he has been there from the beginning and will be there at the end. Don't look. Don't pause the DVD and look close in at one area and, and forget the big picture. Don't forget the picture that says he is the one who created the earth, who saved us from our sins, who heals all your diseases, who rescued your life from the pit and satisfied your desires with good things. Don't forget these things. As we come to a close, just to remind you, remember where you left. Remember the place you left, that land of slavery. Remember that God rescued you from darkness and brought you into his light. Remember him when you arrive at your place of blessing. Remember that. 
Remember, when you get there, and you get to that place, I don't know for you, for some of us today, including me, we've seen God do some amazing things in this church. As we've gone out to the streets, and we've seen God touching people and healing people, and we've been mentioning some of this stuff. Do you know what? Even those things that are spiritual blessings, they're not financial blessings, spiritual blessings that we've seen God, His hand at work, healing the sick. Right in front of our eyes. God says, even in those spiritual blessings, don't forget me. Don't forget the one who did all this. When Peter and John prayed for the guy and he could walk again into the temple, said, it's not us who've done this. It's because of God why you walk. For some of us today, we need to remember that there's, there's an increase in the spiritual blessing in this church. When God starts to do more and heal the sick, that we shouldn't focus our eyes on all the miracles and the healings and forget God. Forget who he is. The biggest danger we can ever walk into is that we look at his hand and not his face. We look at his hand and not his face. We should look at both. Say, Lord, we look at your face. We look at you. You're the one who did everything. And we are so thrilled that you have the grace to let your hand bring works like we see. But look to his face. Don't forget him. Remember who took you. Remember the one who takes you through. And don't serve other gods. The things that could take your eyes off. Don't have one of those senior moments where we forget. Just like I did. We forget. And it's so easy to do that. Thank you for listening and we trust that the Word of God has inspired you today. For further information about King's Church or to access our large archive of other recordings, go to www.kingscambridge.org. If you're listening on iTunes, we would love you to leave us some feedback. God bless and goodbye.